one is working with the existing bones and the structure of what's mm -hmm. there and like how do we honor that but also like take it into a new age and you know like you, you might walk into our flagship building and and the the corridor entry is just like a really massive wide um hallway it's very inefficient from a design right. standard right like you'd want to pack in those offices but like we use that as like, in a, it's basically used as almost like an event space and a connection mm -hmm. point for tenants to run into each other or uh, a place to have the local brewery show up and pass out drinks. You know, like they're like, it, it feels different. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 50 of the Placemaking Podcast. Can you believe it? We're at the half-century mark. I am extremely excited to share this next conversation with all of you here today. Today on the show, I have Brian Phil and Alex Jones of Bitwise Industries. Brian serves as the VP of Real Estate Development at Bitwise Industries, overseeing the co-working, building development, and hospitality teams. Brian assists in locating, designing, and identifying architectural partners for each Bitwise real estate project. He especially enjoys being able to help Bitwise city expansion projects and revitalizing downtowns through growth and development. Brian grew up in Bakersfield, California with the desire to use business as a tool to impact lives. Now, Alex has seven years of experience in the civil engineering industry. He has worked on water, wastewater treatment projects, residential subdivisions, all while working as an assistant engineering for a consulting firm located within the Central Valley of California. Currently, Alex works for Bitwise Industries as a project manager for the real estate development team. He also monitors progress and coordinates work with architects, contractors, and engineers. Since July 1st, 2013, the day they opened Bitwise Mural District, they've focused on connecting humans from marginalized communities to skills and resources necessary to access opportunities in the tech industry. Bitwise does this through three main pillars, which includes Bitwise Real Estate, Bitwise Technology Consultant, and Bitwise Workforce Training. This company has an interesting business model, and I would highly recommend you learning more about their work by finding them online at bitwiseindustries.com. In this episode, we're going to discuss how their campus projects help to fulfill the mission of Bitwise a behind-the-scenes look into the criteria they use when evaluating potential projects, and how to build excitement in the surrounding communities for your upcoming project. There's loads of great information in this episode, and I greatly appreciate Brian and Alex for taking time out of their extremely busy schedules to discuss this topic of providing access to technologies by investing in communities with me. As always, if you have enjoyed the show, I'd ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends in the industry. There'll be more exciting conversations on the shows to come. So, without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having me. 
<laughs> Glad to have you both on here. We have uh, Brian on here and Alex, and you guys are both from Bitwise, like I mentioned in the intro before the show. But if you could, in your own words, uh, can you give us a little bit of your backgrounds and and we'll just kind of go from there. Brian, if you want to start out, give us an idea of where you got started and, and where you're uh, at currently with Bitwise. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us on, Matt. Um, so uh, grew up in Bakersfield, California, kind of Southern, Southern California area, um, came up to Fresno um, uh, about, I don't know, maybe 15 or so years ago and kind of have been involved in entrepreneurship and um, business of uh, kind of social enterprise-esque business. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, some nonprofit workforce development work, um, and then had a coffee company, a roasting company, um, and the opportunity about two years ago came up to uh, to join the Bitwise team um, to kind of uh, essentially bring our real estate development internal. Um, so mm -hmm. we had been working with a uh, um, a partner on on our previous um, three buildings, and so with current uh, growth trajectory, um, we wanted to develop some systems, build out a team, and uh, and have an oper operation. I guess that we have a little bit more control of internally. So um, that's about two years ago, and uh, Alex came on on the team um, just a little over a year ago. But let him introduce some more there. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely get into that, Alex. Yeah, so uh, my family and I moved to the U.S. in 2000. I grew up in the foothills, uh, Corscold area, and then moved down to Fresno for school, studied civil engineering. I worked for just under six years in consulting work, mainly in water and wastewater treatment, and then switched over to residential land development to kind of get more involved in like my community around Fresno and kind of see how cities get built. And then the opportunity with Bitwise came up and uh, it seemed like a really great opportunity to get more into the downtown and uh, like revitalization of, of downtown. So yeah, that's how I got started. That's awesome. You guys have very different backgrounds, which is what I love about how you guys have kind of complement each other going forward with Bitwise. So I guess, Brian, did this come as kind of your first intro foray into real estate as a as a profession? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I I think when I you know kind of when I was looking into the job, it was like okay, let me uh, let me define what real estate development actually means. You know, because <laughs> like I, I mean the concepts and how it all works, you know, uh, makes sense. But you know what what like as a developer, what is the responsibilities that this person holds and, and what mm -hmm. are the levers that you're trying to pull to accomplish, you know, tasks was, um, yeah, it was a little bit unknown. Um, and it was kind of just like, um, I, I think ultimately like the, it, that was exciting to me because I like to build things, um, mm -hmm. and whether it's tangibly build things or like systematically build things. And so, um, so that was that was you know the interest as well as I've always I mean being I live in downtown Fresno and being you know it's hard to be an entrepreneur and see like vacant land or see dilapidated buildings and not think of what could be you know or what right. what that should be or how that would serve the neighborhood and how someone should also be able to you know make money and an investment off of that and so 
um yeah i, I think yeah it's kind of that that yeah I didn't know much but uh did some education to learn and uh kind of been trial by fire that's cool that's that's really cool and alex you're kind of in the same boat i mean you did some with you said residential land development so you were at least aware of certain you know requirements and, and entitlements and uh, you yeah. know more of the horizontal mm-hmm. aspects of uh, of what you guys are doing there. And so I think that's interesting that you guys are both on board and just just killing it doing uh, doing kind of more of your infill development. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But let's kind of transition this back into Bitwise where you're working at now and, and what the actual mission of Bitwise is and, and what do you think it, I mean, in your own words, wh- what would you say the mission of Bitwise is? Um, I guess who wants to tackle this one? This one's a, this yeah, one's a tough one. I've had the privilege of, you know, being in and around it for, um, for a handful of years, although not working for it, but, and it, it's, I mean, it, it, the, the goal is to be, um, be a force in the technology industry in places that you may not always suspect them, um, but to empower those in the community to learn how to teach code, teach, mm-hmm. le- sorry, learn how to code, um, have abilities to get jobs that are well-paying in that uh, workforce, um, see those jobs, uh, technology, for every dollar that's put into technology jobs, it ripples in a $4 effect. Um, and wow. so it's an income income generator and economy generator for those towns um, and uh, kind of inspire and provide places for people to grow and succeed. Um, and so we teach people to code, provide jobs through um, our, uh, our tech consulting business. And then um, Alex, I and team um, build, build, uh, real estate to house those and, um, facilitate kind of continued growth. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, Bitwise provides the tools for people, for individuals to get as much as they can, um, out of their potential and using tools in the tech industry to help better their community. I really see Bitwise as transforming the way, cities like fresno think of themselves so yeah yeah that's a that's an impressive mission (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it looks like you guys are doing some awesome work based on what i've i've seen as as far as what you guys are posting about you know things coming up and and what people are working on that have been through bitwise and and have experienced what you guys are doing so that's that's really good, uh, really great stuff that you guys are doing. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so most of your most of your campuses, um, and it, is that the correct term? Is that yeah. what you like to call it campus? Mm-hmm. Um, most of those appear to be in infill development locations where maybe you're revitalizing an existing building or within the you know, a city center or, or downtown, like you mentioned. So how would you say these campus projects fulfill your company's mission? 
Yeah, I would, I would say in a lot of ways, it's like, it's the exciting part. Well, no, all of it is exciting, right? Like, <laughs> like teaching people to code is exciting, but it's the, it's the tangible physical part that gets people like excited, you know, mm -hmm. like um, all, all the development of, of learning of people learning how to code is like the heartbeat, right? Like that's the pulse that, that like of why we exist and the impact that we can have. The buildings are the areas to like, you know, get people like excited, you know, in Fresno, people walk into our, our flagship building, South Sea, and we're just like, what is this? Tell me all about it, you know? And so yeah. like our receptionists at the front, like, I mean, they're, they're more ambassadors than anything else. So like, well, this is what we're about. That's what, that's why we do here. We've got a theater here, the lights, you know, everything yeah. is designed to facilitate like an excitement of like, not just your tan taupe office building, <laughs> you know? Gotcha. Um, so one, it's an exciting place for people to learn and like, two, it, it asks questions because people want to know what, what is this about and why do you do this? Right. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my input there. That's yeah. it. I just, sorry about that. Just how do you create that experience in, in the building? What, what certain attributes that you mentioned that, that bring about that excitement do you see commonly? I think part of it is that we, we, at least from what I've seen, Bitwise tries to have like a huge impact in the community as far as like a meetings place. So mm -hmm. we will have meetups back before COVID. We'll have just the public in our spaces. We tend to have amenities, coffee shops, things like that, that just bring people in. And then we have all these different tenets that, that kind of create like this melting pot and even more so in like our co-work spaces. And as far as the look of our spaces, our, our designer, Carl, um, he, he just does an amazing job of capturing the essence of Bitwise as far as the, the, the colors, the look, the, the quirkiness of it. So I think in the, in the small things, it's how like we lay out the building, right? Like mm -hmm. you might walk into a building and it just like, like, you know, you there's an element of one is working with the existing bones and the structure of what's there and like how do we honor that but also like take it into a new age and you know like you, you might walk into our flagship building and and the the corridor entry is just like a really massive wide um hallway it's very inefficient from a design right. standard right like you'd want to pack in those offices but like we use that as like, in a, it's basically used as almost like an event space and a connection mm -hmm. point for tenants to run into each other or uh, a place to have the local brewery show up and pass out drinks. You know, like they're like, it, it feels different in that way of, of kind of that excitement. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely use it for like the local art hop. It's, it's, it's the, the venue for that. The coffee shop spills into the lobby. So it's definitely wow. an active space. Gotcha. So you invite all these different groups in and create kind of this unique place that's almost like a forum. Uh, it sounds like for both the public and, and those that are, you know, within the actual curriculum and the programs. Uh, right. You don't just come in and hit a wall that you can't go any further. You yeah. know, it's like you feel like you could like look around and experience it without without being a tenant, you know? Right. That's awesome. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and that was largely my experience. My, my dad told me about Bitwise back when they had first started in this little tiny space and he wanted to learn a, a he was in a programming class, told me about it. I was like, that's awesome. I'm in <laughs> engineering. I don't know anything about programming. Like Coding. it's great. I followed them all along, went to their, their events, but until this opportunity came up, it was like, oh man, how can I be more of a part of this? Like I was going to the meetups, things like that. And so, wow. Um, wow. So it's kind of, yeah. you've curated this, this place, this space that uh, provides the excitement, like you're saying for those, not only in the program, but those, you know, even outside the program and you're, and we can talk about this in a second, but you're kind of located in a space in a city center that allows for increased foot traffic, it seems like. So uh, that kind of lends to the vibe that you're going for. I mean, you're, you know, people walk by and see, oh, man, what's going on there? Yeah. Oh, they've got a they've got a keg stand, <laughs> you know, sitting out there in the lobby. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're inviting people in and and. I, I am curious, I mean, obviously COVID has, has changed some things with, with design, but do you see that impacting you in your design in the future? Is that something that, you know, you guys are starting to look at, or do you feel like it'll start to get back to to the way it was as far as the way you guys were were planning things, or how has it affected your your design outlook yeah i think for me the biggest thing is like like fixtures like going to hands-free fixtures Mm -hmm. getting rid of drinking fountains having bottle fillers things like that i would say is like the hardest change that Mm -hmm. covid has placed i think there's maybe um there'll be a bigger emphasis on flex working like working in the office working at home i think the third place like having your office and work and then having that coffee shop or co-work space is going to be bigger in the future and it always kind of caters to that a little bit. So, yeah, I think there's, there's some changes, but I would say Bitwise has, is thinking, was thinking about those things prior to COVID. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would just add, yeah, I think, I think ideally, you know, individuals, um, I think we're designed for community and absolutely people want to be, I mean, I, I know I miss the office more now than I did before, although I've also enjoyed, you know, like this time as well. And so I think we're leaning into like, yeah, kind of continuing to figure out how we can create even cooler spaces because we think it's even more important, you know? Right, yeah. right. Because community is so important to to people. And like you mentioned, uh, Alex, I mean, you're already creating this community. Uh, and like you, you said, Brian, just kind of leaning into that. And I, I mean... This is going to be, like you said, having that space is is important, and I think you mm-hmm. guys are are doing a great job with that. So, let's talk about let's kind of transition to what a typical. Uh, I know this is a hard question, but what what is a typical project for you guys look like, for a campus project? Yeah, I mean, I think generally, like we want to be around for a, a first building in a first city around a, like a 20,000 square foot footprint. Um, and uh, we kind of have our like five to six elements that we 
that we try to um, try to incorporate um, on a on a project, knowing that it's kind of like um, it's almost like a like a funnel system with with those who come in contact with Bitwise, where we have a co a small co working model that fits within that building. Um, that you know is is the thirty dollar membership that allows you to have a flex space that you can pop pop into twenty four hours. Um, so it's like we might have that as a small entry level space. Ideally, we do a survey of kind of what amenities are around there. Is this is this location um, that's typically like not the center of center of city center? It's kind of mm -hmm. like a periphery, like a connection point where. One, it's a building that has been overlooked, you know, um, and um, under-resourced. And then uh, two, it's, it's kind of helping to expand that downtown core to, to grow a little bit as well. Um, sure. and, then, and then we'll have um, individual suites for, for um, small tenants where, you know, Matt, you can rent out 150 square feet um, for you and the, the coworker, you know, like right. it's kind of that next level up from the co-working space. Um, and then we would have a uh, the large, medium or larger suites where uh, two to ten people um, can kind of fit within a space. Okay. Yeah. And is there, you know, you guys, you guys have educational programs, right? Is that um, how does that fit into the layout? Yeah, typically um, our buildings have at least one or two classrooms in okay. them. I think starting off, typically it's one or two. Uh, some of them have, uh, like our South Stadium building has six or seven. So yeah, wow. there's definitely classrooms and there's projectors everywhere and whiteboard walls, things like that. Okay. And do you guys try to bring in uh, any mixed uses for these or or are they strictly, um, you know, the, the classrooms and the, the office space? Generally. Yeah, and then a, and then a, like a maybe a coffee shop or a tap room component, okay. um, or a, or a theater component too for presentation spaces or for you know movie viewing or pitch fests that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and so you're saying you're you're pretty close to city center, but you might be just adjacent. Um, so you know with with that you're probably in the uh you know early post-war kind of buildings uh kind mm -hmm. of the 40s 50s and and you probably have all sorts yeah, of fun ideas with the, or fun issues that come up with those those type of buildings but yeah there's always a really fun a nuance in 20s to 30s yeah it kind of seems okay. like kind of seems like uh almost kind of what we've done yeah you know, we've got two, our first flagship and then our, uh, another project Alex and I are working on in Bakersfield has had ramps for cars in it. You know, one was a car dealership. So they oh, had okay. to get, um, the cars up from the ground floor to the second floor. And then, um, this other one was a, as a, a garage, uh, like a parking garage for a hotel across the street. And so we're, we're hopefully next week removing those ramps so <laughs> you never know what you're going to find you know like they survey it you know but until you start cutting out it's it's uh, yeah. the wild west out there yeah. yeah it's anybody's guess they don't yeah. have uh their blueprints are probably uh minimal at best yeah you have them yeah. yeah i guess do you have any other stories of um certain certain things that you guys have run into that uh, you didn't expect on some of these jobs or? 
I mean, there's always an interesting structural component like that's, you know, structural engineers are, are, are vital, you know, to everything that we've done. And so, um, like one of our, so the ramps are always fun. And then, um, we had another building that we have just completed and there's a kind of a mezzanine space that, you know, is maybe 2000 square feet over a 6,000 square foot ground floor. And I think we've realized like, Oh, at one point this mezzanine went all, all the way across the whole building and, you know, was adding structural support. And so when we're moving it, oh. you know, you realize like, Oh, there's a whole wall basically that doesn't have anything in it. You know? And yeah, so yeah. We had, the building was designed as a three-sided box kind of like garage. And then, we realized, oh no, this really needs to be a four-sided box. And so we had to put these giant steel moment frames in each side of it. It was it was a really interesting just hiccup, yeah. I guess, that, that came up. But it actually really adds like character to the building because in, in, in those corners you get to see the drywall, the wood, the brick, and the steel, like everywhere. Yeah. And, and so it's 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 a really cool look. I'm really excited for it. I just wish yeah. we didn't have to pay for that look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that wasn't fun. <laughs> That's an expensive look. Yeah. I guess that brings up kind of another question. What does your typical due diligence look like for for these type of projects? You, you know, I, I'm sure you have a certain more of like a funnel as you're you're looking for this certain area with you know however yeah. many square feet, but once you get past selecting a building, uh, how do you start to determine where you might find some of these pitfalls? Are you just used to seeing certain things and and kind of address it from there, or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're we've we've gotten pretty good at that, Alex. I would say like we've got <laughs> we've got a bit of a def like a um, a checklist that we've we're working through, and um, it's kind of self created by us ourselves with you know it's always time and money is your constraint right and so mm-hmm. um it's finding you know finding an architect that's locally based who has relationships with the city is usually important um and so usually we'll check zoning and then work down from like use and kind of all the the city entitlements and zoning uh areas because some of those are just battles that may or may not be worth fighting um and then beyond that, like we usually do, we try to find a local architect who has good relationships, can do um, a kind of a, a current draft of what we might want to do. And Alex and I will kind of sketch out some ideas um, and, you know, say like, oh, if we just took the shell and, and drew where, how do we want to put classrooms and offices and co-working and uh, a coffee shop and the reception and et cetera then we uh, usually have them kind of take it to the next level so that there's a small schematic that uh, a general contractor can kind of do some runoff numbers from. Um, and so, yeah. And we what, more- once we, once we like get closer to a building, we also have like a structural eval done on the building, kind of look at what kind of potential retrofit that requires uh, and then kind of go down the abatement process and all that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's that that makes a lot of sense. That's got to be kind of tough to actually nail down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say like the yeah, the zoning seems to be like a 50 50 chance whether there's an issue there or not. Like, uh, you know, Bakersfield, we didn't have it like that hasn't that was never even a topic, you know, and so mm-hmm. that went really quick. But then um, other areas like if you're if we're redoing a warehouse or something, you know, like 
it was just was never designed to it was designed to hold 50 people and we, now we want to throw 300 in there or whatever and uh, that's going to cr- create some egress issues and things like that right egress parking things like that mm. yeah yeah that's uh that's got to be tough to address some of those things especially in an infill development site like uh like you guys are doing um i guess what we've talked about kind of the pitfalls but what what makes a successful project for you guys what do you see as being the most uh or what what are the attributes of, of a sex uh successful project and you know, I think you already mentioned time and money. So <laughs> I guess, would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one is we don't want to create, like it's successful if we haven't created the same building five times, right? Like one is like the creativity of like, how do we work within what's existing, do something we haven't done yet, Um and be creative. So like that would be one bucket. Um, the second would be like, yeah, it does it, does it the pro forma pencil out, right? Like, can we, can we find the capital stack and the debt financing and the returns on the other end for the investment, uh, of the building? Um, and I feel like time always kind of just gets thrown out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, you know, like we're all like, we're, trying to do this within 12 months and we're on month 19 still trying to wrap this thing up but um covid in this time like you know it's a good time to build and so we've been we've been thankful that like there as we've kind of been sheltering in place like the some of the pressure to have to get this thing open last week um uh you know has been on our side of like you know we found the structural still issue and so that pushed us out four months um because there's no way of having that known. And, um, so yeah, so I think that pro forma, the creativity, um, and, um, yeah, for, for me, I think that the, like Brian said, having each building have its own unique niche or quirk about it is, is the home run. Like our Mm -hmm. South stadium building has a gym and a giant theater uh, State Center Warehouse is going to have like a marketplace, food court type thing. South, uh, our building in Bakersfield, the one we just finished has a tap room. So each one has its own like feel to it and and thing that that you'd go to there for. It just wouldn't be another Bitwise building. Yeah, that's cool. That that makes it very unique, and it kind of makes it almost a signature style of of Bitwise, which really adds to that excitement like we were talking about before so this you guys are fairly new as a company but have you been able to notice uh some of the improvements to the surrounding communities at your various campuses after opening yeah i would definitely say that um that it you know it it sparks more creativity or um those who maybe have had their buildings for um an extended amount of time um you know, maybe are, are a little bit more apt to start uh, thinking creative um, about about where we want. And so like even South Stadium, like we didn't create it, but like in the last couple of years, there's been a um, there's been a um, a mural, a, a beer district formed just south of our building, you know, and really? so it's like, oh, that wasn't that there was one tap room there. Um, but a, a downtown PBID kind of put together this idea to 
have, you know, so now there's four tap rooms in this, this area, which is all now kind of an amenity to um, our building, which is, which is exciting. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. So there yeah. is. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying there has been some uh, increased uh, investment in the areas that sound like, is there, is there any other benefits that you've seen uh, just in the communities themselves? For me personally, like when I was going to school, I thought I was going to leave Fresno and move around and, and you know, just that's where I grew up, but I was going to move. And I had a friend of mine who, who said like Fresno is a really great place to live, not a great place to visit. You have to really find like the what makes it great. And I think things like Bitwise and like the brewery district are really changing that. And that's what makes me excited about it is is just there's stuff to do like there's always been stuff to do but it, this is really like a place to hang out a place to think get things done definitely definitely that's cool that's cool i, I really like yeah. what you guys are doing it's it's really interesting uh kind of the platform that you're utilizing to to cause the change uh you're you're both integrating the new the tech the the sexy of tech with you know, some of these more neglected parts of town. And it's really kind of, like you said, it's, it's building investment in the area, which is much yeah. needed. And, it, and not only that, but it's also helping the people learning how to code, learning how to become a professionals in the tech industry. It's changing their lives. It's, it's increasing their income. It's giving them new opportunities. So um at the individual level it's it's huge oh yeah definitely all right so you guys are are both you know fairly fairly new into real estate development uh you're currently working under bitwise but what do you see as a common roadblock for people that are just getting started into real estate development kind of at that grassroots kind of level where where they don't have a whole lot of experience I think for me, it's, it's experience, like know-how, just what all the different details and then also networking, like having a broad network is huge because you, you're constantly tapping your network to figure things out. So those two things would be the, the biggest hurdles. Yeah. Yeah. It just knowing who to ask the questions to, cause you're going to have several questions, I'm sure. So, yeah, just uh, knowing, you know, like you said, knowing who that network is and who to ask those questions is, is kind of a, can be a roadblock for people for sure. Brian, do you have any thoughts? And we're, I mean, we're, uh, and we're like, we're constantly on our team, you know, seeking advice from other developers who have had experience in different elements, you know. Um, so, you know, there, there's sometimes, um, you know, you have to push a little bit on creativity for um, special things. You know, um, I like that's one reason I think, you know, Alex and I make a really great team is like he's very detail, uh, very like focused on <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he's an engineer. Right? Yeah. It's like I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm kind of running around like I, this just feels right to me. I don't have numbers. <laughs> this is a feel thing. Let's do that. That feels too big, you know, versus like, I can't quantify it. It's all like, yeah, you know, yeah. 
I, it, it's it's very hard for me without any kind of to just run off the field. That's something that I'm working at. But <laughs> I would say on our team, we definitely have a good mix of creative and also like uh, just analytical minds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you guys make a great complimentary team for sure. I mean, you need to have both. It's got to be a mix. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't be uh, all 35,000 feet up in the air. You got to be, you know, you got to look at the micro too. So, but mm-hmm. I think that's great that you guys are complimenting each other. Well, and, you know, and even to tell like structural engineers, like, yeah, that's the way you say you want to do it, but is there another way that we can do it? You know, yeah. or like, like there, yeah. There's like there's always there's a million ways to even on the financing of real estate. Like I think that's probably one of the complicated roadblocks. Is like how does like how do you do this? And you know, and I, I we're I'm still learning a ton on that. Um, yeah. We just brought on a director of real estate finance to help. Um, you know, punch them into the calculator. I'm I'm okay with spreadsheets. Alex is better at spreadsheets than Charles. Like. For- <laughs> Is you know next level, and so it's it's just knowing like what what your skill set is, and like finding those who don't have who have right. other other ones. And, yeah. and, and I would say the biggest thing I've learned is daring to like really dream for what you really want, like being okay with having to work through those hard discussions of like, well, we want our cake and want to eat it too. <laughs> Brian no, definitely tells me that, like, no, like we, this is what we want. This is how, how do we make it work and, and figuring those out, those, those solutions out so that we get the end product that we want at the price and schedule we want. And obviously there's, you know, compromises every which way, but um, the ultimate goal is to be happy with the end product. So. Yeah. And be, not be afraid to ask that question or ask for those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That is, that is tough, especially for like you, like an engineer like myself is like, I know how certain things should be, but, you know, it, it's always just pushing that envelope and, uh, and, and that's tough, but that's, that's awesome that Brian's coming in there and, and has that, that uh, vision to kind of push the envelope and, and you guys are starting to starting to do that and that gets the, the product that you guys are looking for um so looking forward what do you see say i was to uh google or whatever wikipedia 200 years in the future and look up bitwise or uh, and we can kind of do this in a couple of ways so look up bitwise and see what that impact is 200 years in the future. And then also with you guys, Brian and Alex, what do you see as your legacy moving forward? Yeah, I, I mean, for Bitwise, it would be like that company took risks that not a lot of other developers would, inspired other developers or city cities to be better than they are today um, because of asking the questions and, um, you know, not taking no for an answer um, and risking, you know, um, risking, risking big. I think Bitwise, like just, you know, just a, a month or so announced our raise of a, a $50 million Series B financing, you know, and it's like, wow. we, we want to grow this thing and we're going to, we're going to take some risks to do that because we believe that the, the individuals who should be learning how to code aren't, you know, and so, right. so 
Google, Facebook might not do it. Like we're going to do it, you know? Um, I, and so, um, those are some, some exciting things that I think we want, we want to be, uh, known for and creating spaces that like truly inspired people to, to continue to be their best. That's awesome. I love yeah. audacious goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think for me, Bitwise in, in 200 years in the future, hopefully there's something like it. If, if it, you know, 200 years, a long time, but if Bitwise is still around, that'd be great. Um, or just something like it. I, I think Bitwise is the way they look at things, the way we look at things and, you know, what, what priorities we have is very different from most companies. And so um, taking on a bigger role in, in your community and in, in helping individuals help themselves is huge. Mm-hmm. And I hope Definitely. that that kind of ripples through um, kind of taking responsibility for improving your own community taking yeah that that kind of thing i think would be ideal awesome what about you guys (laughs) that's a tough question right legacy of you know using business to help transform people's lives with um you know uh people felt loved by loved by me and that i felt loved by others and um yeah, able to um, make an impact, you know, on those in, in my immediate circles, but, you know, hopefully outside with, you know, love and generosity. That would be That's best awesome. case scenario. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Alex? I think for me, it would just be, you know, having a positive impact in my community, my family, uh, friends, and then being a good engineer. Yeah. yeah. All good things. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys' time. I know you guys are very busy. So I just wanted to end here with giving you guys a chance to tell us where we can find out more about Bitwise and about yourselves. And and then uh, we'll end it there. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, our website's bitwiseindustries.com. Um, we are, uh, yeah, excited, hopefully, hopefully coming to a town near you. Um, so we're, you know, we're headed to Toledo here this fall and already doing some pretty incredible work there. And, um, yeah, connect with us, uh, through the website. Um, I'm on some social medias as well, Brian file, and, uh, love to connect and see how we can continue to build stuff. That's amazing around the country. Awesome. Yeah. I think we we're on all social medias as far as bitwise, um, we're expanding to Bakersfield, Merced, Oakland, and, and Toledo, Ohio. Like you said, coming, coming to yeah. a town near you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, keep it up guys. Thank you again for your time. And, uh, I'll let you get off of here. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Thank man. you for the invite. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. Great work. Absolutely. Thanks guys.